welcome to our Victory Outreach Chino podcast. We pray you are blessed, encouraged, and challenged with this message. The book of Mark chapter 9, you got it. Does everybody have it? We're going to start reading in verse 15. It says, immediately when they saw him, referring to Jesus, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And Jesus asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples so that they should cast it out. But they could not. And he answered him and said, oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought the boy to him, and when they saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So Jesus asked the father, how, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has been thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the tribe cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him. And enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and he came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. What a powerful story. This morning, I want to speak on the subject, all things are possible. I said, all things are possible. Look at your neighbor and say, all things are possible. I don't think you believe it. You got to say it like you really know that you know that you know. Come on. Tell somebody, look them straight in the eye and tell them all things are possible. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, for your anointing that's here. We thank you for your presence. For in your presence there is freedom. There is healing. There is miracles. And we thank you, God. We pray that you would just anoint every person here today and that their faith will be ignited to believe in you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody shouts. And everybody shouts. Before you see it, give five people a high five and tell them all things are possible. I have a question for you this morning. How many have ever experienced a power failure? Meaning that you've driving your car, you went somewhere, had a great time, but for some reason you left the lights on. You come back to the car and all the power's gone. You can't turn it on. And you got no jumper cables. 
you got no AAA. You're like, ah. Right? Or maybe a power outage at home. And it's during the summer. You can't turn on the AC. You're miserable. You're like grumpy. Are probably the worst of them all. Here's the worst, the worst, the worst, the worst. You're at 1% on your phone. You're talking, you're texting, you're on something, and all of a sudden, boom, it goes out. You're like, that was so important. You know, I was a teenager, and the first time, I was about like 15 years old, and the first time I ever went skiing, how many of you like to ski? Some of you have never even been skiing in your life. You never even seen snow. It's right there, people. So I went with Pastor Al and Georgina. At the time, they were not married. They were dating. So I went with a, a, a group of my friends. And we went right here, actually, to uh, Mount Baldy. We went up there. And we went skiing. And I didn't know at the time that you're not supposed to wear jeans when you're skiing. I didn't know this. I was a teenager. You don't know these things. You know, I'm just glad. I'm just, you know, up there in the snow skiing and we had a great time. Needless to say, it was fully wet. Jeans were wet. It was just drenched. But I had fun. That's all that matters, right? So all of a sudden, we go back and we return the skis. Now it's getting, it's getting dark. And all of a sudden, the snow, a blizzard started just coming on in to the point where we needed to put chains on the car. So we pulled over, right, and we started to put chains on the car. And, um, you know, we were young, so to be honest, I don't know if they ever put chains on the car. Today's a little bit more simple. Back then, it was very difficult. <laughs> People know. We really had a hard time putting on the chains. We tried it at once, but then some reason it caught the axle. And so we were like, okay, we, and our hands are freezing. Everything's wet. And now it's getting darker. It's snowing harder. Now there's snowing. It's up to, like, inches are getting on up. And all of a sudden, we're like, my God, what are we going to do? So then, you know, another thing that you don't really don't realize, I'm trying to give you guys tips if you guys go to the snow, that in the cold, your battery degresses. You lose power. So we try to turn on the car. Guess what happened? The car wouldn't start. So now we're in a straight blizzard. It's snowing. We can't put the chains on. Now the car doesn't start. I'm having jeans on. They're wet. I'm freezing cold. And now we're just waiting for people. There's no cell phone back then. So we're just waiting for somebody, anybody to help. Pastor Al and Georgina, they're in the front. And all of a sudden, we see them cuddling. I'm with my friend. His name's Eddie Perea. I look at him, I look at them. I look at him and I say, bro, if you ever tell anybody, <laughs> if this ever goes out to anybody, I'll kill you. All of a sudden, here's two young 16-year-old guys. Now, this is a big deal. For two 16-year-old guys, all of a sudden, we start, start like you know, rubbing, rubbing each other up. The things you do when you're desperate, when you're cold. If you've never been that cold, you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you've ever been that cold, 
Come on, somebody. Have you ever been that desperate? The things you do. You know, today in our text, we find disciples, some of them, who had experienced a power failure. A power failure. But it's amazing, though, because if you read prior to the story in the book of Luke, Jesus had given them power and authority. And as a matter of fact, they, they were sent out, and successfully, they saw people delivered, healed, and set free. But in this case, they had a power failure, for they could not deliver this boy that was brought to them from the enemy. It seems to me that the disciples had taken for granted the power that they had been given. For they no longer depended upon God for it. You know how I know this? Because at the end of the story, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we drive it out? Jesus replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. Some manuscripts say prayer and fasting. See, their failure showed their lack of prayer. See, you have to understand, to keep the power, you must stay plugged in to the power source. Are you hearing me? Somebody look to your name and say, plug in. Tell somebody else, say, plug in. In order for you to power up, you got to stay plugged in to the power source. You got no power if you're not plugging in. See, the disciples seem to think, like a lot of people probably think, that once they had it, they can just keep it. But that's not the case. In order to have the power to do the work of God and to break down the strongholds of the enemy, it is closely tied to your relationship with God. For without him, we could do nothing. So you got to realize in order to have the power, you got to stay connected. You got to stay plugged in. And let me say this, coming to church for just two hours in a seven-day week, you know how much charge you're going to get? Not that much. It's like plugging in your phone for only like five minutes. You think you're going to charge it all the way up? It's day to day. Jesus said, abide in me, and I abide in you. He wasn't talking about just a, a one-time experience. No, he was talking about a daily, consistently, habitually disciplined, having that relationship with Jesus Christ. Not just on Sunday, but Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, every single day of the week. So now all of a sudden, because of these disciples who experienced a power failure, all of a sudden we find a father who's in a desperate situation. For now he has his son who's being tormented by the enemy. I don't know if you can relate with this, Father, where you've been fighting the enemy off of your family. You've been fighting the enemy off of your children. You've been fighting the enemy off of a sickness upon a loved one. 
You've been fighting the enemy off of finances that have been just trying to challenge you and challenge you. I don't know if you can relate to this father where, man, it feels like, man, you're, you're just constantly in spiritual warfare. I'm not talking to anybody this morning. For the enemy was afflicting his son, tormenting his son. I don't know about you, but it's one thing when you're being tormented, but then when you see your child, your child that you raised, that you love, that you would literally do anything for. And I'm sure this father tried everything to help his son. Tried everything to get help, took him to counsel, asked, asked for help with people, society, whatever the case. Please help my son. And instead of things getting better, it got worse. Now, they say, you know what? I need help. My son needs help and nothing is working. Nothing is helping. Maybe you've been trying to do things your own way. Trying to figure out things on your own. But instead of things getting better, they got worse. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. There might be some people right here. You've been fighting for your marriage. You've been trying all these things. You've been fighting for your family. You've been fighting for this, fighting for that. And you've been doing everything in the flesh, meaning things on your own, hoping for something, anything to get better. But it just keeps getting worse. And it's at this point where you get Discouraged, dismayed, and ultimately disheartened. You know what I mean by disheartened? Disheartened means like you've just given up all hope. You've given up hope. That's what I mean by what it means to, because that's one thing to be discouraged. Because some of you are discouraged right now. I can see it on your faces. You're like, I dare you to bless me. Come in like that. Oh, discouraged. And you're a Christian. On your way to heaven, shouting victory. And yet you're discouraged. I, I can understand that. Facing trials, whatever the case may be. But when you're disheartened, meaning you lost heart, you got no energy. You can barely just make it. You barely get out of bed. You're disheartened. Where you just literally... Lose hope. Like, things ain't going to change. I guess this is it. What you have to realize is that the devil isn't so much after your family. He isn't so much after your house, your finances. He isn't so much even after your body. As far as sickness, what I'm talking about. What he's after is your faith. What he wants is your faith. 
Because if he can still kill and destroy your faith, boom, he got you. How do I know that? Because the Bible says that without faith, not that it could be, not that it might, not that there's a, a, a slight chance. No, it says what? It's impossible to please God. So what the enemy's after is your faith. And here's the crazy thing. It's in our desperate times where we see what type of faith we really have. So if you're going through something right now, if you're going through hell, if you're battling sickness, if you're fighting the enemy off of your family, this is where your faith is being shown. What type of faith do you really have? Woo! Are you hearing me? Is it what I call a superficial faith? Meaning it's not real. You know how I know it's not real? Because one little hit, like a foul ball, boom, you're out the picture. You get one hit, somebody tells you one little thing, and all of a sudden you stop coming to church, you stop coming to the V group. You get one little come on, comment. Somebody doesn't greet you, somebody doesn't shake your hand, somebody just gives you a bad little smirk, and all of a sudden, you're going to let one little thing take you out? That's superficial faith. It's not real. It's not genuine. It's not authentic. You could have what I call struggling faith. Meaning you're up one day and you're down the next day. Like we got to like fill you out to see how you are. Like are you okay today? Do you got the victory today? Is everything good today? It's like did you eat yet? You know, we got to make sure we check all the meters. You know what I mean? Like, okay, did you eat? Did you pray? Did you do this? All these things just to make sure that we can have a decent conversation. Because if not, we always end up in a conflict, right? We always end up in an argument. Like, brother, I just wanted to say hello. How are you doing? Why are you saying how am I doing? What do you mean how am I doing? I've been here, bro. I don't know where you've been. Well, I just wanted to say hello. How are you? I miss you. And obviously you get all offended. What do you mean you miss me? I've been here, brother. What about you? Yeah. <laughs> or do you have what I call a striving faith? Meaning that it's going from one level to the next. It's not there yet. I'm not there yet. But I'm striving. I'm pushing. I'm pressing. I'm going towards the mark, the high calling of which Christ Jesus has called me to. Are you hearing me? I like what the Bible says. The Bible says that even though that the, the, this father was in a desperate situation with fighting the enemy off of his son, they brought the boy to Jesus. Meaning that even though it looked hopeless, they still brought the boy to Jesus. Because I, I have to think that the father must have thought that said, man, if I can just get my son to Jesus, if I could just get him near to Jesus, then maybe, just maybe, that he is able to be healed, set free, and delivered. If I can just get to Jesus, that's why the devil will do everything he can to stop. 
church because he knows the moment you walk through those doors, oh, all of a sudden something's about to take place. That's why you can't keep not coming to church. You got to keep on coming. Keep on coming. Keep on going to V group. Keep on pressing in. Keep on praying. Keep on giving because if you could just keep on keeping on, I came to let you know that God is able to do notice on Sunday morning everything goes wrong? You ever notice that? I mean your hair blow the blow dryer, right? You can't iron your clothes. The kids are acting up. You ever you ever notice and you think it's just coincidence? Oh you forgot to fill up the gas tank. You're like, oh we're gonna run out of the grass. You're like I'll just join the V group today or the V fam today. Because the enemy will do everything he can to stop you from coming to Jesus. And you may say, well, brother, you know, it's good now. We could just be at home watch. Yes, that's true. I agree. But we all know. Come on, let's be real. We all know there's nothing like being in the room. Now, VFAM, don't, believe, don't, don't get me wrong. God's able to move right there where you're at. But if you're in the vicinity, if you're like in a good 20-mile, square-mile radius, then we want you here. See, sometimes, despite what we're going through, how we feel, we need to keep on coming to Jesus. Keep on coming to church. Keep on going to V group. Keep on giving. Keep on worshiping. Keep on evangelizing. You got to keep on keeping on. Tell your neighbor, say, keep on keeping on. So then Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And the father said, from childhood. But if you can do anything. Notice, notice something. That Jesus didn't even bother with the demon. He went straight to the Father. Because the demon wasn't the issue. Faith was the issue. At the heart of this desperate situation was not the struggle with the enemy. No. But it was the struggle for faith. Ooh. The struggle Faith to believe, faith to trust, faith to hope, faith to say, God, I know I can't, but I know you can. Faith. The father responded to Jesus and say, this has been happening for such a long time. Maybe you're like this father. You've been stuck in a desperate situation. For such a long time, maybe even years, wondering if God is ever going to pull you out. Battling the same addiction. You do good, and then boom. You're in it for a minute. And maybe it's been even a couple, a year or so, but then all of a sudden, boom, crash and burn again. 
you're, you're going forward, and then it's like, man, God, am I ever going to overcome? Am I ever going to get the victory? Am I ever going to be healed? Is my family ever going to get saved? Is my, ever, is my son ever going to come home? Or am I ever going to go? And all of a sudden you're like, man, this has been happening for such a long time. And many times we go to God and say, God, if you can, if you can heal, if you can provide, if you can save my family, if you can heal me, God, if you can, please have compassion on us. Is that not the desperate cry of a father? God, if you can. And notice Jesus' response. He puts the question on the father. He says, not if I can. He says, if you can believe. <laughs> he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. See, the question, hear me, was not if it was possible for Jesus to heal the boy, no. No, 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 no. If it was, the real question was if the father had faith to believe that Jesus could. See, I came to tell you, it's not a question if God can do what you need him to do. No, no, no. Because God can do all things. So don't you dare think for a moment that God can't do it. Don't you dare have the audacity to think that God, all-powerful, all-knowing, everywhere, God cannot do it. Don't you dare think he cannot do it. He cannot heal. He cannot deliver. He cannot set free. He cannot break the chains of bondage. Don't you dare think for a moment that he can't. The real question is this. Can you believe he can? Because that's a whole different story. Can you believe that God can do the impossible? See, that word possible, it in the Greek, it expresses the ability, the power of one who is able and capable of doing anything. That's what God is able to do. He has the ability the power, and is able to do anything. But it doesn't stop there. It says, the all things who are possible to him who believes. That word believes, it pictures a person whose faith, look at this, is actively, constantly, consistently straining forward to grab a hold of what God has promised. Meaning it's not just a passive faith. No, it's an active faith. It's not just a one-time type of faith. No, it's consistently, constantly straining forward to take a hold of what God has promised you and I. Are you hearing me? See, when a person's faith is activated, it sets in motion the atmosphere where all things are possible. 
So it's not a question if God can. No, it's a question, can you believe that God can, that God is able, that God can do all things? Can you believe that God can heal you? Can you believe that God can save you? Can you believe that God will deliver you? Can you believe? Because when you believe, it sets in motion. I was in, I was speaking at a church, and we had a, a big altar call, right? A lot of people were there. We're praying for people, praying for people who were sick, praying for people who were in bondage, and God was moving in a supernatural way. I mean, it was, it was powerful. So I'm praying for somebody, right, on a Sunday morning, and, and I'm praying for them, and I'm laying hands, and all of a sudden, somebody yanks my coat jacket. From behind me. And I have to be honest, I freaked out. Because I thought it was like a demon-possessed guy. I'm like, dude, where is the security, James? Art? Like, where are these people at? And I'm thinking, like, dude, this is a demon. Now, we haven't really experienced that a lot in this generation. But I've heard stories from the pioneers, especially my dad. Where some of these people who have been demon-possessed come in with knives Serious, right? Crazy threats, right? Where they just jump on and, and what they want to do is distract the whole service. So I've heard all these stories from my dad, Pastor Sonny, right? Pastor Wu, all these crazy, horrific stories. Like, oh my God. So all of a sudden, like, boom, I'm about to encounter a devil right in the middle of the service. <laughs> and he yanked my jacket, right? And then I'm thinking, like, dude, I better be ready. Let me know if you're not ready, it's going to get on you. <laughs> you, you, you. You hear what I'm saying? It's going to get, but all of a sudden it'll just whip you all up and tear you apart and you'll run off naked. <laughs> I know Jesus. I know Paul. I know Pastor Sonny. But who are you? Put the fear of God in you right there, right? Oh, Lord, I know you better. God, please. Let. So before me, he yanked my jacket. And all these things are flashing in my mind. All of a sudden, I turned. And I saw this young man in tears. Obviously, I could tell he was not demon-possessed. He was just so desperate to get my attention that he grabbed my coat. And I looked at him with compassion and said, what can I pray for you? And he just says, Pastor, I've been battling addiction. And because of that, I'm sick in body. And he just gave me his whole story. And then at that moment, I had so much compassion, I had to stop the service, have everybody stretch their hands and pray for this young man. And all of a sudden, as I pray for this young man, you could sense and feel the power of God. Just touch him and set him free. A year later, I go back to that church. I go back to that church, and he came up to me. Pastor, and I didn't really recognize him, to be honest. Pastor, you remember me? To be honest, I didn't. He goes, yeah, I was the one who, who yanked your jacket. Oh, yeah, I remember you. <laughs> he said, I want you to know, man, after that prayer, 
I have been free. I'm healed. I'm plugged in. God's raising me up. Oh, are you hearing me? So Jesus told the Father, if you can believe, all things are possible. How many believe this morning? Immediately, the Bible says that the father cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. You know, when you first read that, when you're young in the Lord, you just stick with the first part. All things are possible. But when you've been through some stuff, when you've been through hell, when you fought the enemy, when you fought sickness, when you fought for your family, when you're in that time when you seem like there's no hope, now that verse comes to life where you say, Lord, I believe, and yet I'm still battling with doubt. This father managed to summarize in one sentence, and if you're honest, what every single Christian struggles with, we come to church, we're singing songs, we're praying all these things, and we're shouting, I believe, but yet in the back of our mind, God, are you still, are you able to really to do it? But God, it's not happening. I, I still see my child the way they are. It's nothing's moving, nothing's happening. I still see my marriage the way it is. I still see my sick body's not getting better. And all of a sudden, you're like, God, I want to believe. with doubt. And you might find yourself like this man. When you come to church and if you're really real and honest, you don't have all the faith in the world. You don't. I don't have all the faith in the world to believe. But this father was desperate enough to still ask God for a miracle. Because even though he didn't have all the faith, the Bible says that you just need faith as tiny as a mustard seed. Ooh, are you hearing me this morning? I don't know about you, but that gives me great news. 
that tells me that I don't have to come to church all on a high, all victorious, all ready, but never not get a miracle. But as long as I have a faith as small as the size of a mustard seed, I can believe God for a miracle in my life, for a healing in my body, for the salvation of a loved one. Oh, Lord, I may not have all the faith in the world, but I am desperate enough. Is anybody out there desperate enough still to be asked God to believe that God some way, somehow, I know that you are able. Come on, somebody shout it. Clap your hands if you believe this morning. Come on, clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. of a sudden, guess what Jesus did next? The Bible says that he rebuked the clean, evil, clean spirit. I came to tell some of you, get ready. Jesus is about to rebuke some of you. They're like, whoa, whoa, that's, that's heavy. Yes! He's going to rebuke three things. Number one, Jesus is going to rebuke the spirit of fear that's over your life. Mark chapter 4 verse 39 says, Then Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. I came to tell somebody here this morning, you've been struggling with depression. You've been battling anxiety. You've been dealing with fear. But I got great news for you. The Bible says that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So get ready this morning because God is about to rebuke that spirit of fear that's over your life. You've been walking with a cloud of depression. Walking with the cloud of anxiety, walking with the cloud of fear. Oh, but God is about to rebuke that spirit off of you and give you a peace, a peace that surpasses all understanding. You better clap your hands, you better shout, you better give God a praise this morning. Somebody shout peace. Somebody shout peace. Some of you tonight are gonna have the best night's sleep ever. You've been battling with sleepless. You can't sleep. It's hard for you. You've been struggling. It's because you've been worried and frantic and you've been suffering with anxiety. I came to tell you, give it to Jesus. And he'll give you peace. Some of you, that's your miracle that you need. It's just a good night sleep. I've been there where you can't sleep. You're like, ah. Oh. The next thing that Jesus wants to rebuke. Jesus is going to rebuke the devourer off of your finances. Woo! That's a good one right there, if ever. It's a time to clap. It's a great place to praise the Lord. Malachi verse 3, verse 11 says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. For those who have taken the growth challenge. Now, if you have not taken it, you're not under coverage. It's like you get in a car accident and you got no car insurance. Sorry, this does not apply. But if you've been given, you've been given your ties. You got coverage. I know you may not like it, you may not agree, but that's what the Bible says. The Bible says to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse and see if I will not bless you. And I will rebuke woo, the devourer for your sakes. I will rebuke the devourer. 
That means that things should have been broken down, are still kicking in the life. That car of yours is still going. Their transmission should have went out 15,000 miles ago. But it's still running like a champ, baby. Look at me go. That microwave that's barely kicking in is still rolling. It's still working. He will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. We should owe taxes. But that IRS is going to owe you. Thirdly, Jesus is going to rebuke the spirit of disease. Luke 4, verse 38. Now, when Jesus arose from the synagogue, he entered Simon's house. But Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever, and they made request of him concerning her. So Jesus stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. That's clearly saying that Jesus will rebuke the spirit of disease off of your life. I came to tell you that Jesus is going to rebuke whatever the enemy is fighting towards you. So whatever you're fighting, say, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, rebuke it off of me. I believe that all things are possible. Come on, somebody shout and give God a praise this morning. Come on, clap your hands. Worship team, make their way. Come on, clap your hands. Oh! Get ready. Tell your neighbor, say, get ready. Tell somebody else, get ready. All of a sudden, the Bible says that the boy fell down. We would say he got slayed in the spirit. To the point where it looked as if the boy was dead. That many people said, the boy's dead. Let me tell you something. Don't let the comments of others rob you of your miracle. Because there will be naysayers, even in this room, that will hinder the power of God. Jesus dealt with them every single time. Don't let the naysayers rob you of your miracle. Who cares what they say? Some of you are like, I, I'm too embarrassed. I don't want to go on. I don't, I'm, I'm too shy. I don't know. All these things. Let me tell you something. When you're desperate enough, You'll say, excuse me, I got to get up to that altar call. Excuse me, I'm fighting the enemy. Excuse me, it's been hell at my home, I, I got to get up there. Excuse me, I need my healing. Excuse me. The Bible says that Jesus took his hand. And reached the boy and lifted him up. And the boy arose. Some of you have been facing some dead situations. 
I came to let you know it just needs a lift from Jesus. And it'll come back to life. Maybe you've been praying for a marriage. And you feel like, man, it's, it's done. It's over. We're, we're ready to sign the divorce papers. If you would just give it to Jesus, he can resurrect your marriage. Maybe your son or your daughter is gone. And it seems like they're so gone. It's like they're dead. Like, man, you know what? I don't think I'm ever going to get them back. If you would just give them to Jesus. The Bible says that his arm is not too short that he cannot reach out. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Close your eyes. They say this mountain can't be moved. They say these chains will never break. But they don't know you like we do. There is power in your name. We've heard that there is no way through. We've heard the tide will never change. They haven't seen what you can do. Cause there is power in your name. So much power in your name. Move Break the unbreakable. 
I don't know what you're believing God for this morning. He knows. He knows exactly where you're at, what you're facing, what you feel. He knows exactly where you're at this moment in time. And all he is asking is, if you can believe. If you can believe. Because if you can, all things are possible to those So if you're desperate enough, if you're not, it's okay. You're not at that moment. That's fine. Nobody's forcing you. But if you are, tell your neighbor, excuse me. I got to get to that altar. Excuse me. I got to receive my miracle. Excuse me. I'm fighting the enemy. And I need God to deliver. Excuse me. I need God to move. Thank you for joining our podcast. We pray these messages build, encourage, and strengthen you in your faith. If you would like to partner with us, the Mother Church is a great place to sow a seed. So head on over to our website at viochino.org and click the giving link located at the top of the page. Also, we would love to hear from you. So leave us a praise report, prayer request, or if you've given your life to the Lord, Let us know by filling out the salvation card. We would love to connect with you and help you get started on your journey of serving God here at Victory Outreach Chino.